Good day everyone, welcome to the third episode of Mankup Podcast. Today we will be talking about anxiety in the midst of pandemic together with Rauf. Rauf is a clinical psychologist here at Mankouch. He experienced in variety of cases among adults and children. Without further ado, let's welcome Rauf. Rauf, how are you today? I'm doing good, Justin. Awesome. So Rauf, would you like to share a little about yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. So, um, as mentioned by Justin, I'm currently working as a clinical psychologist in Mancouch. Among my past experiences include working in a hospital, as well as working in a child centre called Atfal Jenna. So, among my people that I've experienced seeing includes people with schizophrenia, people with personality disorders, as well as children with neurodevelopmental disorders. And my preferred form of psychotherapy is cognitive behavioural therapy. Alright, thanks Rao for your introduction. Now let's move on to the first question for today's podcast. So Ralph, in your own words, tell us what are anxiety disorder all about? Alright, so before I talk about anxiety disorders, it's first important to understand what is anxiety. So anxiety is a common emotion experienced by a majority of people on a daily basis. So it is an emotion people have when they experience daily stresses as well as any adversities in life. So what anxiety is, is basically it's, it can be persistent, and sometimes if there's too much stress, it can be excessive and it can also make the person think of irrational things. But yeah, as mentioned just now, anxiety is common, but when it's like for too long period, it can lead to worsening of mental health. So now let's talk about anxiety disorders. Anxiety disorders is like an umbrella term, which includes a lot of disorders under it. Example of a disorder under anxiety disorders include specific phobias. So specific phobias would have things that a lot of people are familiar with. For example, fear of heights, fear of insects. So fear of heights is called acrophobia, while there's also fear of tight spaces called agoraphobia. So these are specific phobias which is included under anxiety disorders. Other than that, there's also panic attacks. Panic attacks are like when people have trembling in their hands or the legs, they sweat profusely, as well as they have um, shortness of breath and increase in heart rate. So this is what, call, what is called as panic attack. And people can experience panic attacks in a number of different situations, at work, even when they drive. Other forms of anxiety disorders includes social anxiety. So social anxiety is when people experience anxiety in social situations, meaning when they meet new people, when they're in a party, suddenly they get very anxious and they want to leave. There's also generalized anxiety disorder. This one, since the term is generalized, what it means is they have anxiety through general stimulus, meaning it can be from their future, their work, relationships, and even through their health. So anything in, ge- in general can trigger the fear stimulus. So yeah, those are some introductions to anxiety disorders. I see. So is it normal to have anxiety? Yeah, that's a very good question. So for a short answer, I would say definitely yes. For a longer answer, I would say we experience anxiety as it's a common emotion as mentioned just now. We experience anxiety when we're faced in potential harmful situations or worrying triggers. And we get anxiety as a response of our body preparing for this threat. So when our body prepares for this threat, what it does is it releases adrenaline. So this adrenaline will increase our heart rate, it will make us sweat, and it will increase our sensitivity to stimulus. So it does all this to prepare us for facing the threat. So what it means by threat, it can be things like when we see a robber, when we get into accidents, as well as even things like when we're told by our boss to quickly finish a project. Our boss gives us a lot of tasks and we get stressed when we hear the task. 
This is also a form of anxiety and our body think of that as a threat and releases adrenaline so that we can prepare to handle the situation. So yeah, anxiety, it's, it's normal, it's common, but when people experience it for too long, too persistently, it can lead to worsening of their health and even worse problems, worse mental health problems in the future, such as depression or other kinds of mental illnesses. So yeah, a little bit of anxiety is a good thing because it can help us to organize our tasks and mentally prepare for any events that will take place. But yeah, it's always important to manage anxiety and not to let it get too overwhelming. Oh, I see, I see. Alright, now that we know um, anxiety can be good and bad, so I noticed that during this pandemic, the anxiety situation has become more and more prevalent in our today's society. So why is that? Yes, it's also another good question. So among the biggest contributor of the increase in anxiety during the pandemic is the blurring of boundaries between work and leisure, especially those who are working from home. Because last time when people used to work in the office, there used to be a clear boundary between when they work in the office as well as when they come home. But now since everyone working from home, this boundary is kind of become blurred. Right. Last time also, we would go to work and there would be a commute, we travel back to home. Maybe we travel with our car, travel with our public transport. But now we work from home, so there's no like that commute. And the purpose of the commute is like, it allows our brain to transition between work stress to home. Mm-hmm. So now without that transition, we experience stress right? um, when working from home and this stress will bring it to our family. So yeah, there's less of this boundary. And what people experience is more stress, more anxiety at home. So that's the, among the most primary example of why during the pandemic, there's higher anxiety. Besides that, there's also a lot of studies indicated that when people work from home, they experience higher workload. So there's more workload to do. And when there's more workload, what's important is to manage the stress. Ways to manage the stress such as having a problem-solving technique, managing our expectations, having an assertive communication, all this becomes more important to manage our stress. When these coping skills are limited, people feel like it's harder to manage the stress and when it's harder to manage the stress, they get higher anxiety and even higher depression. And besides that, another main reason anxiety is higher during the pandemic is also the isolation that people feel nowadays. And this isolation is more prominent to young adults because nowadays, People have been isolated from their family family members for about two years. Family members can be great for their support system, right? Yeah, because without the support system, it can affect our mental health and it'd be harder to manage the stress. So without the support system, a lot of people, they feel more alone and they have to handle a lot of the difficulties by themselves. So nowadays, even with the state borders have become opened, a lot of people still don't have the opportunity to visit their families because of the worrying about the pandemic, worrying about the new variant of the virus, as well as they feel like they want to wait for a while first. Right? If they want to go back right now, they feel like it's too rushing. Yes, and also the safety. Yeah, true that. Yeah. So because of this, this problem might be extended still until the near future. Hmm. Yeah. I see. So if let's say we cannot avoid all this anxiety, so how then can we manage the anxiety? Yeah. So to manage the anxiety, right? One of the best ways to manage the anxiety is to use relaxation techniques. So one of the most common relaxation technique that a lot of people might know about is called deep breathing. So deep breathing is actually a very simple breathing exercise. And there's a lot of variations about how many seconds to inhale, how many seconds to exhale. 
all of that is uh, usable. But what I usually stress is to breathe using the diaphragm. Mm. So how do you breathe using the diaphragm? A way to do it is to put one hand on your stomach and put one hand on your chest. As you breathe in, make sure the hand at your stomach goes up. And as you breathe out, make sure the hand in your stomach goes down. So the hand in your chest, it doesn't move at all. So what it means by diaphragmic breathing is to breathe with the stomach and not to breathe with the chest. This is a good way to practice deep breathing. Other form of relaxation techniques includes mindfulness, which is also becoming more and more popular nowadays. Mindfulness is a form of like meditation combined with breathing technique. So it helps the body to relax as well as teaches the brain to focus on the breathing and not to focus on the overthinking. So yes, one important thing to note about this is that relaxation techniques can help with the physiological effects, meaning can help with the reduction in heart rate. It can help to reduce a little bit of the thinking and emotions. But to help more with the overthinking and help more with the emotions, the best way to do this is to use psychotherapy techniques such as cognitive behavioral therapy, whereby relaxation technique is mostly just as a last resort when things become too emotional and too difficult to handle. For a better long-term solution would be psychotherapy. A way to know when we want to look for help, right, is to identify some of these symptoms. For example, when you experience sleeping problem for a few days or you experience changes in appetite, as well as when you want to do work, suddenly the, your focus is not there. Right. These are some of the symptoms that people can experience that might indicate they might have a mental illness. So if you or your friends, um, you notice your friends having any of these symptoms, it might be best to recommend them or yourself to seek for mental health support. So yes, one problem people have when they want to seek for mental health support is they don't know how to do it. Right? They don't know where to go, they don't know what referral to take, and they don't know what kind of services there are. Exactly, yes. Right? So in Malaysia, if you want to seek for help in a government hospital, one of the first things you should do is to get a referral letter from a clinic kesihatan. What you can do is to visit the clinic kesihatan, describe about your problems, your symptoms, and the doctor there will provide you with a referral letter that you can bring to a government hospital. You can bring to the psychiatric department. Okay. So after having this referral letter, you can visit the psychiatric department in the hospital during the working hours, which are Monday to Friday between 8 to 5 p.m. And after handing this referral letter, depending on the severity of your symptoms and the case, the appointments would range from two to three weeks up to sometimes even two months. Because currently there's a lot of patients being um, registered in the government hospital with a lot more mental health problems nowadays. So understandably, the waiting period can be a little bit longer. But still, it depends on the severity of the case. With more severe cases, then the appointment dates will be faster, will be earlier. So coming to the fees, in the government hospital. For the first visit, the cost would just be RM5. However, the fees can go up to RM30 if the referral is coming from private hospital. Mm, okay. But this price includes even if medications are being provided. That's a reasonable price? Yeah, it is a reasonable price. Which is why in Malaysia, the healthcare is one of the best and one of the cheapest. That's great. Thanks, Rao, for yes. your time to explain about anxiety. I would like to take this opportunity to invite all listeners to join our VR therapy here at Mentouch. In VR therapy, you will enter into a virtual environment to help you to relax. Throughout the treatment, you will be guided by a therapist. Mentouch VR therapy brings you the world of art and science together to help lift the weight of the world of your children.
and help you to relax. Do join us as we take you on a journey towards the betterment of your mental health. Thanks again for joining in our podcast. Till next time. Bye.